and certainly heightened by the fact that we are the Jets. In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! And the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! <laughs> rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois. It's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Broncos country, let's ride. And Eric Fry. Yeah, and you, you know, you got, you, 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 excuse me. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in for a finally Friday edition of the starting lineup. My name is Eric Fry here on another solo mission. Travis Sparks is out again today with some well-deserved time off, and we're going to get you ready for the sports weekend. Coming up, we have a look at local sports happening tonight, happening tomorrow, including those high school football playoff games. Yes, the playoffs are still going on. Coming up in the podcast, we will, of course, do pick them as well. We'll also talk some NFL, some college football, as well nhl day in sports history possibly as well in the podcast coming up also here on this friday and hey pick them don't forget pick them for both football and for nascar it's nascar championship weekend we'll talk more about that coming up i'm sure in the pod as well so we got lots to get to here on this Friday morning. Glad you're with us. And of course, we would not be here without the support of our sponsors. Those include McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, as well as Worth Computer Repair and Topless State Bank. Thanks to all of them for their support of what we do here with the starting lineup. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. So make sure you get in and get ready and everything like that. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride here as we start off our show. All right, no more talk. Let's get into it. And, of course, we start off with First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And first things first, we are starting on the hardwood. Yes, last night the San Antonio Spurs were flingling in the fourth quarter, struggling to find their footing. Sunzi raced a 27-point lead, threatening to finish off a big comeback victory. And that is when Victor Wemyama took over. It's probably not the last time that'll happen. As he scored a season-high 38 points, Zach Collins added 19, and the Spurs held off the Suns 132-121 to on Thursday night. The Suns did erase a 27-point deficit, tying in at 116 with 421 left, and the Spurs responded by scoring the next 12 points, including 10 from Wemyama. Quote, somebody's got to do it, said Wemyama after the game. Tomorrow, it might be one of my teammates. In just his fifth NBA game when Yama produced a handful of highlight plays including flying down the lane for a dunk in the second quarter. The 7'4 Frenchman shot 15 of 26 from the field and had 10 rebounds. Quote, he's a multifaceted player. He'll pass to the open guy, said Greg Popovich. He's got confidence in himself. He made some plays that were unbelievable. That combination is pretty good. But it was his poise down the stretch that might have been the most impressive. The 19-year-old forward hit a three-pointer, made three free throws, dunked, and hit an 18-foot jumper in that decisive run. He said every game we trying to find the sweet spot where we need to hurt them today it might be this way tomorrow it might be someone else it's how great teams work 
Devin Booker returned from his sprained ankle and nearly had a triple-double in his return. 31 points, 13 assists, and 9 rebounds, but it wasn't enough for the Suns, who had 14 turnovers. Kevin Durant also had 28 points as well. It's the second time in three days that the Spurs have beaten the Suns in Phoenix. San Antonio shocked Phoenix 115-114 to 114 on Tuesday night, racing a 20-point deficit, scoring the winning basket after Keldon Johnson stole the ball from Durant in the final seconds and made a contested layup with 1.2 seconds left. On Thursday, it looked as if San Antonio would win in a blowout. They had 13-0 after the Suns missed their first five shots and never trailed. San Antonio pushed its advantage to 27 points midway through the second quarter, taking advantage of sloppy Phoenix play on both ends of the floor. Spurs led 75-55 to at the break after Wimyama hit back-to-back threes late in the second quarter. Quote, the NBA's got the greatest athletes on earth, but so far... It's working out pretty well, said Wimbiama. Uh, Booker didn't make a three to cut it to 14 points going into the fourth quarter. The uh, Suns continued their methodical push throughout the fourth as Bates Diop dunk with an assist from Booker cut it to 111-108 with 6.04 left. And that is when Wimbiama took over. And I'm going to say this. This kid, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. He is the real deal. I think he's the real deal. Now, I don't think, you know, I, I told Travis the other day, do I think he's the next LeBron? Do I think he's the next MJ? We're going to talk about him in that, that conversation. No, I don't think he's going to be in that conversation. But I definitely think he's the next Tim Duncan there in San Antonio. And that is an amazing, amazing thing to be. Last night, 34 minutes, 15 to 26, like we said, from the field. 3 of 6 from 3, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. He had 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. He did have 2 turnovers and 3 fouls, but still... 38 points. You will take that to lead the Spurs. No one else on that Spurs team had more than 20 points. So, um, you know, he took down one of the big three, right? I mean, I I thought that, you know, the Suns were going to be one of the big threes, and everyone was talking about how they may be one of the, you know, the teams to contend with. Um, now, they were without uh, Durant played, and Booker just returned from injury, but they're still missing, um, or at least didn't play last night. Uh Oh, oh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's still out. So, you know, they're not 100%, but um, still, I I do think that uh, this, this one, Yama, he's for real. And he is going to be a big deal for years, and I'm saying years and years to come. And San Antonio may just have themselves a superstar on their hands as, uh, you know, it was just, he just, did what he needed to do and came up clutch. And that's one of the, you know, clutch time, they say, is the right time. And, and boy, it was the right time for Winyama last night as he really kind of kind of showed up there in that fourth quarter, really had himself a great game. So uh, the Spurs take down the Suns. Let's look at some other NBA action from last night. It was the 76ers getting the win over the Raptors, 114-99. to They were led by Joel Embiid. He had 28, but, I mean, you talk about players scoring. Oubre Jr. had 23. Tobias Harris had 23. Maxi added 18. They also got 10 points from um, Korkmaz, who... Furkan Korkmaz gave him 10 points off the bench. You'll take that. Uh, the Raptors uh, were led in scoring by Scotty Barnes, who had 24 points. They got some scoring as well from Anobi, as well as Siakam had 10. Uh, Schroeder had 13, but it just wasn't enough thanks to uh, 19 turnovers there for the Raptors and the uh, free throws. Uh, 25 free throw shot for 76ers, only 19 for the Raptors, and shooting 10 and 28 from three, eh, that's not great. But, I mean, in today's NBA, everyone shoots the, the three-point ball, and none of them shoot it really well. They just keep jacking it up. So, 76ers get the win. That is their second win this season already against the Raptors. So, uh, looks like they have the Raptors number here early on. It was the Pelicans getting the win over the Pistons. No, I am not yet saying anything because guess what? Zion did not play last night. 
So I'm not saying anything about Zion here today, but didn't need to. C.J. McCollum put up 33 points, and Valanchunas added 23 and 13 rebounds for a double-double. They also got uh, 21 points from Herbert Jones and Matt Ryan. No, not the quarterback, but the forward had 20 points as well for the Pelicans. They had four players in their starting five with 20 or more points, as well as 10 points off the bench from Dyson Daniels. To get the win, and you talk about discrepancy in free throws. The Pelicans shot 35 free throws, made 33 of 35. Pistons only shot 26 free throws. Uh, they were led in scoring were the Pistons by Cade Cunningham. He had 22 points. All five starters had double figures for the Pistons. Plus, they got 19 off the bench from Marcus Sasser, as well as Jaden Ivey put up 12 points as well off the bench. But it just wasn't enough there for the Pistons as they go down. They're now 2-4 and four on the season. Pelicans 4-1. and one. And a little bit to me of an upset from last night on the NBA floor. It was the Magic getting the win over the Jazz, 115-113. to It was all about uh, Pelo Benchero, 30 points for the Magic. Uh, also, Franz Wagner added 21 points. Wendell Carter Jr., former Bull, had 14 points. And then it was Cole Anthony with 18 off the bench there for the Magic as they took down the Jazz. Jazz were led by Market, and he had 22 points. Uh, Jordan Clarkson added 21, and it was Collins. John Collins had 20 points, but it wasn't enough there for the Jazz. And part of that is 20 turnovers. Uh, for the Jazz, just, uh, you know, but hey, it was a, a back and forth. It was a battle-tested game, and it was barely a win there for, um, you know, the the Magic, who um, Banchero scored 30, and he made the deciding layup, layup with just 14 seconds left to get that win. So uh, Magic now 3-2 and two on the season, Jazz 2-4. and four. I thought, again, the Jazz were going to be one of those teams that contended out in the West, um, but at least early on, not quite looking like it so that is a recap of what happened last night on the nba floor let's take a look at tonight as tonight it starts the nba in season tournament and again i don't know how to feel about this thing i still think it may be one of the dumbest things um that we have seen in a while i i just don't get it so so basically you know, it's going to be kind of like there's going to be similar formats in season tournaments in European soccer. So it's going to be six intra-conference game groups of five, three in the East and Western conferences. Tuesdays and Fridays during November will feature group games against each of the other teams in their pool. These games still count as regular season games. And then four teams from each conference advance to a single elimination tournament. The three pool winners in addition to the group runner-up with the best record as a wild card and then they'll play in Vegas. So that is starting this Friday. So, again, only Tuesdays and Fridays in November we're going to have this. So tonight is night one, and you got those awful, awful, awful courts that we're going to be playing on. So it'll be the Cavs visiting the Pacers. That one will be in Indy. Cleveland favored by two and a half in that one. The Knicks will head to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Uh, Milwaukee favored by six and a half. That one will be on ESPN at 6.30 tonight. Uh, Wizards and Heat. Heat favored by 9.5 in that one. The Nets will travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls. Bulls favored by 4.5 in that one. Warriors and Thunder. Golden State, 5-point favorites in that one. Then the nightcap from ESPN will be the Mavericks and the Nuggets. That's a pretty good game. Mavericks 4-0 on the season. Nuggets 4-1. Denver favored by 6.5 in that one. That will be on ESPN 9 o'clock. And then the Grizzlies still looking for their first win of the season. They travel to Portland to take on the Trailblazers. But the Grizzlies are actually favored by 2.5. So this is kind of your first round, I guess, of, of the play-in tournament. Uh Again, I'm not a fan of it. And then I feel bad because, you know, teams like, like Indy uh, and and Denver, who are each hosting games tonight, they host again tomorrow. And so those guys who work there at the stadiums got to get the floor completely changed out before tomorrow's game because we're going back to the normal floor for tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, not a – don't know how I feel about that. Kind of a – a wasted effort. Let's see. Are there any other good games going on this weekend? NBA Lakers and Magic, uh, Hawks, Pelicans, uh, Celtics still four and zero. They'll take on the Nets. 
Um, that's about it. And then on Sunday, let's see, Sunday. Uh, Warriors Cavs. Um, yeah, not a lot on Sunday. So not a whole lot of good NBA action going on this weekend. But the Spurs do play the Raptors. So Wimbiana will be back on the court there on Sunday and doesn't play Saturday doesn't play tonight either and then Tuesday we'll have some more uh, tournament games so look forward to that all right other things to look forward to and that is talking local sports and that is coming up next right here on the starting lineup on 98.9 the game Welcome back in to the starting lineup right here on 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry hanging out here with you. All right, time to talk a little local sports. We will start with action from last night. Just a couple of games. Junior high girls basketball. Seventh grade, Dietrich defeated Cumberland 33-28 in the eighth grade game. It was Cumberland defeating Dietrich 43-19. to All right, let's take a look at action going on for today, and that includes volleyball. As we're talking super sectionals, as up in Milford tonight at 6 o'clock, it will be the one-seed Cisna Park taking on the two-seed Windsor Stustross. Again, that'll be at 6 o'clock up in Milford tonight. The winner of that will take on the winner of the Hartsburg-Anawana matchup there at the Bushnell Prairie City Super Sectional. And then in the bottom part of the bracket, over at Okawville, the Okawville Super Sectional will be Norris City taking on the three-seed Effingham St. Anthony. That game also at 6 o'clock over in Okawville. The winner of that one will go on to play the winner of the Pecatonica Super Sectional between Elgin Harvest Christian Academy and Galena. And all those games, the winner games, uh, will be at the state semifinals on Friday. That's next uh Next Friday, uh, over at Redbird Arena up in Normal. That is in Class 1A. Class 2A Super Sectional at the Robinson Super Sectional. It'll be Carmine White County taking on Champaign St. Thomas Moore. That's the two seed Carmine White County and the three seed Champaign St. Thomas Moore. The winner of that game will take on the winner of the Elmhurst Timothy Christian Super Sectional. That will include Chicago Latin and Elmhurst IC Catholic. Then the bottom part of the bracket over in the Carlinville Super Sectional. It'll be the two seed Breeze Modern Day taking on the two seed Pleasant Plains at 6 o'clock tonight. Winner of that one will take on the winner of the Sandwich Super Sectional between the two-seed Rock Falls and the three-seed Palo Heights Chicago Christian. Class 3A action tonight in volleyball as it will be the one-seed Mascuta taking on the two-seed Lincoln that in the Taylorville Super Sectional. The winner of that one will go on to face the Chicago Little Village Super Sectional winner, which is between the two-seed Chicago St. Ignace College Prep and Burbank St. Lawrence. Then the bottom half of the bracket, it will be at the Antioch Super Sectional. Wheaton St. Francis takes on Belvedere North. And in the Kankakee Senior Super Sectional, it will be Morton taking on New Lenox Providence Catholic tonight as well. So volleyball season starting to wind down and wrap up. Something else is starting to wind down and wrap up, and that is high school football as coming up. On Saturday, got lots of area teams. Well, not as many as we had last week, but we do have some area teams that will be in action. Let's start in Class 1A. Class 1A in the southern part of the bracket. It will be Casey Westfield. They will travel as the sixth seed to the three seed at Greenfield Northwestern Co-op. That game will be Saturday at 2. That's a 3 versus 6. Casey coming off their 49-7 win against Cumberland, as I said on the broadcast, and I said here uh, this week on the show, I think a top five defense in the state at 1A this year is the Casey Westfield Warriors. You look at just who they've beaten and how they've beaten them, I think this defense is really good. Now they're going to be tested against this Greenfield and Northwestern co-op team. Uh, you know, if you are a KZ, KZ fan, or Cumberland fan, I should say, you will know uh, how good they are and, and what they've done in years past. And, uh, you know, this year they went 9-0. and um, They averaged 42 
32.2 points per game and only gave up 10. So that is a 32, a plus 32 point differential. Casey, by the way, plus 29 point differential. So this is a battle between two very good defenses. Um going on the field so we'll see if Casey can shut down and slow down that Northwestern uh, Greenfield Northwestern offense uh, here on Saturday other class 1A games in the south it'll be the two seed Assessor Valier they try to keep their perfect season intact they take on the 17 Calatin Salt Fork Assessor got here by beating Carrollton 34 to 8 and Salt Fork beat Winchester 7 to nothing in their first round matchup that game will be in Cesar at 2 o'clock on Saturday it will be the 4 seed Belleville Altoff Catholic they'll host the 5 seed Leroy both those teams enter at 9 and 1 that game Saturday at 1:30 Belleville got their week 1 Round one win over the 13 seed Tuscola, 76 to 41, just putting up the points, and that's nothing new for Belleville, the uh, number three team at Class 1A. Uh, they're averaging 43 points a game, one of the highest point totals in a 1A level this year, only giving up 19.3. So uh, Belleville doing what they've done all season. Leroy got here; they beat Villa Grove last week, 45 to 14. Ended Villa Grove's season as uh, Leroy and Belleville battle of four and uh, four seed and a five seed should be a good one up there at Belleville. And then finally, or should I say down there in Belleville? And then finally, it'll be the one seed Camp Point Central. They head on the road to take on the nine seed Harden Calhoun. That game will be at two o'clock there in Harden. Harden got here by upsetting the eight seed Hayworth, 42 to 14. While Camp Point Central, they beat Red Hill, 54 to nothing. Camp Point just been rolling all season long. I think they've been a top five team since we started the year. They're Point differential, 41 points. They've averaged 48 points a game. That's an average for Camp Point. That is impressive. The closest game they had was back on September 1st. They defeated this Harden-Calhoun team, 30-22. to So these two teams have faced off before. They've seen each other before. Um, that one was at Camp Point Central, and that was the closest game that Camp Point had all season long. Uh, no one else until the final week of the year uh, when Winchester West Central uh, put 13 points on them. But other than that, no one else has gotten that close to Camp Point Central. So uh, could be a good one there. Could we see a one seed go down? Possibly. Maybe. We'll have to get back with you on Monday and, and take a look at that. Uh, in the Class 2A playoffs, still a couple more area teams in action there. So we start in the south. We will start with the 16 seed Quincy Notre Dame as they upsetted the one seed Arthur Lumpton out with Hammond and put Arthur's amazing season to an end. So they will be hosting well, Quincy Notre Dame, the eight seed Nashville, who got the 49 to seven win over Pena last week. So it'll be Quincy Notre Dame and Nashville going at it here in this second round matchup, and Quincy Notre Dame. Thus far this season, you know, they, they were one of those four and five teams that made it. Um, didn't play a whole lot of area uh, teams. Took on five teams from Missouri. Um, but they did just enough to, to get the win. They only had one win, by the way, over an Illinois team. And that was they defeated Decatur St. Teresa 55-8 to eight, um, until their win last week. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, you, you're never quite 100% sure because they, they played such bigger competition, kind of where they're at. Um, but Asheville, um, you know, they're, they're a team that we know can make long runs in the playoffs. Uh, can Nashville, this is their 21st appearance for Nashville. They have three second-place trophies in their uh, entire playoff uh, career, and they're 29-20, and 20, whereas Quincy Notre Dame is 27-26. and 26. They've made the playoffs 27 times, but have never appeared in that championship game. So uh, this could be a good one here on Saturday over in Quincy Notre Dame. It'll be the four-seed Athens. They will host the five-seed Redbud. Athens defeated the Birds of Piasaw 33-7 last week in round one. Ended the Birds' season at 5-5. Five and five. They'll take on Redbud, who defeated Chester 7-0. Uh, that game in Athens at 2 o'clock. And then the one-area game is it'll be the two-seed Shelbyville, who defeated Trent Wesley in 48-0 last week. They will head on the road to take on the Vandalia Vandals at 2 o'clock over in Vandalia. 
Vandalia. Vandalia got here by defeating, upsetting Lawrenceville 34-22. So Vandalia will try to keep their magical season alive. Currently sitting at 7-3. We'll try to take out this Shelbyville team that has just been so good this year. Uh, you know, averaging 38 points a game. Uh, they beat four teams who made the playoffs. But Vandalia, you know, they're averaging 36 points per game. They have given up 24, so they've given up a lot of points on average. Um, you know, but they beat five playoff teams, whereas Shelbyville only beat four playoff teams. So, um, in fact, Vandalia's opponents have a better record than Shelbyville's opponents did. So, uh, But you talk playoff history, both these teams, Shelbyville making their 17th trip to the playoffs. They're 12 and 16, not a whole lot of success um, in the in the playoffs. And then Vandalia, 18th appearance. They're six straight, but they are only 9 and 17 in the postseason. So um, both these teams looking to, to make deep runs for the first time in a while here in this postseason. We know someone's going to advance from the area and get to the semifinals, uh, quarterfinals, I should say. Uh, which one will it be? We'll find out there in Vandalia at 2 o'clock on Saturday. And then in the final game at the 2A level, it'll be Johnson City, the 3 seed taking on Breeze Modern Day, the 11 seed. That game will be in Breeze at 1 o'clock. Johnson City beat Auburn 16-8 to to advance, whereas Breeze Modern Day defeated Carmine White County 40-22. to all right, 3A at the 3A level, it will be, let's see, DeCoin and Tolona Unity. That is a 1-9 matchup in Tolona Unity at 2 o'clock as DeCoin tries to stay perfect on the season, but they got to travel on the road to Tolono Unity. Again, that's a 2 o'clock game. And then one of the area matchups that I'm excited for, and that is Mount Carmel taking on Sullivan. That's a 4-5 matchup. Mount Carmel got here defeating Benton last week, 24-17, whereas Sullivan escaped Clinton with their upset bid, 14-13. So uh, a good matchup possibly here, and it's going to be in the snake pit there in Mount Carmel at 2 o'clock on Saturday. That should be a fun time, you know, and I would have to at this point give the edge to Mount Carmel because Sullivan – it's been a while since they've been here. You know, it's been a while since they've been in a pressure-packed playoff atmosphere uh, for Sullivan. Only 11 playoff appearances, but they're first since 2015. So none of the kids on this team have been in a playoff atmosphere before. So they're going to try and, and do their best here. Whereas Mount Carmel, this is their 41st trip to the postseason. They are 61-39, and 39, four seconds, and a state title. So obviously we know what they can do. Um, the, you know, they're, they're just Mount Carmel. I mean, they're Mount Carmel. Um, their playoff run ended a little premature last year, but as far as teams in 3A, no one has made more playoff appearances than Mount Carmel. This is their 41st time in the playoffs. That is impressive for the Aces, and they'll try and get the win, keep their season alive. That game, 2 o'clock in Mount Carmel. <coughs> Excuse me, another team who will try and keep their season alive, and that's Greenville. Greenville, perfect 10 0 on the year. They got here by defeating Fairfield last week, 35 to 12, and they will try and keep their season alive. They'll take on Stanford Olympia, who got the three point victory 20 to 17 over Litchfield. So that game will be in Greenville at 3 o'clock. It'll be the two seed Greenville, the seven seed Stanford Olympia. Greenville, this is their first time in the postseason since 2021, uh, but they've been here 25 times but uh you know this is i think obviously greenville's best season in a long long time and it's been their their defense they're averaging nine points a game giving up nine points a game that is one of the best in 3a so uh that's definitely their their bread and butter has been that d whereas stanford olympia i mean i think yeah they've been to the playoffs seven times Eight and six. They did finish second one time in their seven appearances, so that's not bad at all for for Olympia. Um, but I, I just think that they may be a little overmatched here, possibly. Um, but they have a high-powered offense, averaging 37 points a game this season. So that'll be an interesting one to see again Saturday in Greenville at three o'clock. And then finally in three A, it'll be Roxana. Looks to keep their perfect season intact as they take on St. Joe Ogden. Roxana, the three seed, beat Paris, the 14 seed, last week, 50 to 22. St. Joe Ogden, the 6th seed, got the win over the 11th seed, Carlinville, 38-15. So that game will be in Roxana at 3 o'clock. Look forward to that one as well. In Class 4A, just a couple of area teams still going. Mount Zion, they will travel to Breeze Central to take on the 
Breeze Central team, who uh, defeated Cahokia last week 19-2. Mount Zion defeated Effingham 21-2. So two teams that only allowed two points last week will now face off this week. And that's a, a weird stat for you, but uh, hey, I guess it's it's a stat. Mount Zion, you know, this season they're averaging 31 points a game, giving up 14 points a game on the season, whereas Breeze Central this year, Breeze Central averaging 32.9 points per game and giving up 18.3. So both these teams very even as far as that goes. Uh, Very even as far as teams they faced. Uh, Similar records. Mount Zion has faced more playoff teams than Breeze Central has. Breeze Central, this is their 16th time in the postseason. They have a 10 and 15 record, whereas Mount Zion, the 32nd year, the Braves have made it into the postseason their fourth straight. And Mount Zion tries to make a deep run for the first time in a while. And in order to do that, they got to beat Breeze Central at home. And the other area team is Charleston as the Trojans. Got the win last week against Freeburg, 27-24. They will now head on the road to take on the two-seed Murfreesboro, who defeated Taylorville, 49-13. So Murfreesboro, you know, they're an institution as well. 22nd time they've been to the postseason, five straight as well. They have a second-place finish. Charleston, this is the first time back in the postseason since 2012, but the Trojans have done it, you know, basically with their offense, averaging 35 points per game. Their defense has given up 20. Uh, They'll have to be a little bit better, I think, um, to take down this Murfreesboro team that is averaging 40 points a game. Um, So it's going to be a big test for that Charleston defense. We'll see if they step up to the challenge there in Murfreesboro at 2 o'clock. Well, that does it for a look at area sports as well as uh, the high school football. Coming up, we'll talk some NFL action in just a little bit. You're listening to Starting Lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry Sports Center update. I forgot to mention in my local segment that also cross country, boys and girls cross country state taking place this weekend. We have qualifying teams and we'll have those results up on our website, fmradio.com. The Blues aim to avoid a third consecutive loss when they host the New Jersey Devils at Enterprise Center tonight. The Blues are coming off a 4 1 loss to the Avalanche on Wednesday. St. Louis is 3 4 and 1 on the season. St. Louis City SC will try to stave off elimination when they visit Sporting KC in the second match of the first round of the MLS playoffs on Sunday. City's trailing in the best of three series 1-0 after dropping the first match 4-1 last Sunday. St. Louis is the top-seeded club in the Western Conference. College football action coming up this weekend. Lindenwood hosts Eastern Illinois. Missouri State welcomes Illinois State. Southeast Missouri State is has a home game against Robert Morris. Southern Illinois will host South Dakota. Western Illinois will visit Northern Iowa. Nolan Arenado has a chance to bring home some hardware during the offseason. The Cardinals All-Star was named a finalist for the National League Silver Slugger Award at third base yesterday. The award honors the top hitters at each position in each league. Arenado has already won five Silver Slugger Awards. He had 266, 26 homers, and 93 RBIs in 144 games last season. The winners for the awards will be revealed next Thursday. Welcome back here to... The starting lineup, Eric Fry with that Sports Center read, and Eric Fry with the show for you today. All right, let's talk a little NFL action. We'll start with last night. Steelers getting the late win over the Titans 20-16. to They scored in that fourth quarter to kind of put it away as uh, both the young quarterbacks eh, weren't really that fantastic. Uh, Kenny Pickett was a little bit better. 19 of 30. Only 160 yards though, but he did score one touchdown. Uh, whereas Will Levis, 22 of 39. 262 yards, which looks nice. But uh, one pick and four sacks as well. Uh, that, you know, I, I, don't like, I don't like those numbers. Some of those numbers aren't good. Derrick Henry, 17 carries, 75 yards. Um, Jalene Warren had 11 carries for 88 yards. Najee Harris had 16 carries for 69 yards as well. As uh, yeah, this was kind of a kind of a, a slugfest as you would kind of expect. But I mean, I don't know. 20 to 16 between two teams that you know. I know Pittsburgh's five and three, but are they the least talked about five and three team in all of football? Like seriously, like you know, they scored that that touchdown there with just 4:02 left to go in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, they were trailing 16-13 at that point. So it was just, it, it felt like it was just kind of a, 
ho-hum game. Like, it didn't really feel like it was much of anything. But um, I also, I, I didn't watch it. I, I don't really care about the Steelers or the Titans. So, um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I think about that. So, um, yeah, <laughs> let's let's move on to some other NFL action happening uh, happening this weekend. As uh, let me get the right page pulled up here. All right. It will be on Sunday, 8.30 in the morning. Get yourself up and early for a little German football as the Dolphins will take on the Chiefs over there in Germany. Kansas City favored by a point and a half in that one. Over under, by the way, for that 50 and a half. So they're expecting a a high-scoring affair, as would I with those two teams. Uh, The Vikings will visit the Falcons, both teams sitting at 4-4, and both teams with new quarterbacks. So it should be... An interesting one there. I mean, the quarterback matchups this week are just kind of laughable when you look at who's playing quarterbacks. Um, You know, it's going to be Taylor uh, Heineke, who's taking over for Desmond uh, Ritter, and uh, Jaron Hall, who's making his first start for the Vikings. So, uh, yeah, what a... What a great quarterback matchup that is there for two four and four teams that are still have a shot at the playoffs, if you can believe it. And what's interesting about that one is that it's in Atlanta. Atlanta's three and one at home. The Vikings are three and one on the road. So we'll see how that one goes. It will be the Cardinals traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Ugh, that's a kind of an ugly game. That's another game where you have a quarterback uh, filling in, as I don't think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to play. Not sure, but I don't I don't believe he is going to play. So uh, he's questionable. Limited in practice on Thursday. So if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, PJ Walker will be taking it over. Alright, that's a that's a great one as well. Uh, PJ Walker versus not Kyler Murray. Ugh. Man, like I said, great quarterback matchups. Here's another one for you. How about uh, the Rams and the Packers? Yeah, Rams at Green Bay to take on the Packers, and we'll have that one right here on 989 The Game. Coverage starts at 11 a.m. for that one. Rams and Packers. All right, Packers favored by three in that one. <coughs> the Commanders will take on the Patriots. That's the three and five Commanders taking on the two and six Patriots. New England favored by three in that game. The Bears, they travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints and Derek Carr. Oh, boy. Saints are 4-4 four and four on the year. Bears are 2-6. and six. Saints favored by 8.5. Ugh, that's a scary line. I'm, I may stay away from that one. Uh, the Seahawks and Ravens. You know, here's finally a good game. Seahawks, Ravens. Seahawks 5-2 and two on the season. Ravens 6-2. and two. Um, Baltimore favored by 6 in that one. That one could be a decent game. Um, the three and four Bucks take on the three and four Texans. Houston's favored by three in that game. Yes, Houston is favored by three in a football game. Figure that one out, right? Ugh. Garner Minshew will make another start for the Colts. That uh, game he takes on the Panthers, the one and six Panthers. <coughs> Can Minshew mania run wild? We will have to wait and see. India's favored by two and a half in that one against the one and six Panthers. Ugh. Another ugh game. Giants and the Raiders. That's another ugh game. As the Raiders fired their coach, fired their GM, fired their offensive coordinator, benched Jimmy Garoppolo. All this, they're still favored by two. Still favored by two against the Giants. That is impeccable. Over-under for that game, by the way, 37 and a half. That is a disgusting, disgusting. Um, and the Cowboys will take on the Eagles. One of the better games. Uh, Dallas 5-2. They'll take on the 7-1 Eagles. Philly favored by 3 in that one. And then the nightcap on Sunday. Bills and Bengals. That's a decent game as well. Uh, 7-20 start time for that one. Uh, Cincy's favored by 2 in that game in Cincinnati. And then on Monday night, you got the Chargers and the Jets. 3-4 Chargers and the 4-3 Jets. Chargers favored by 3.5 in that one. Bye weeks this week. Broncos, Lions, 49ers, and the Jaguars. So adjust your fantasy lineups, as Travis always says. Adjust your fantasy lineups appropriately because you won't have some of those players there for the Broncos, Lions, 49ers, and Jaguars. So that's a look around the NFL. Again, don't forget Sunday we will have the Packers and the Rams. Yes, Travis was very happy that our Ram- his Rams will be 
right here on 99 The Game. So we'll have that for you coming up on Sunday, start time 11 o'clock on that one. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we are going to talk some NCAA football, including the Fighting Illini. We'll see what they do and who they take on this weekend. Coming up here in just a moment, you're listening to Starting Lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back into the starting lineup. Just a little bit longer right here on 98.9 The Game, but make sure you download the podcast. We'll be having Pick'em there, myself and Travis. Yes, Travis, even though he's not here, he did send me in his Pick'em, so we will be going over that a little bit later on as well. Plus, NHL and anything else we don't get to this day in sports history, maybe even some entertainment because it's a Friday. We always try to have entertainment on a Friday, but since it's Friday, let's talk about some college football action going on tomorrow. We'll start with top 25 teams. Number one, Ohio State will take on 6-2 and two Rutgers. That is in Rutgers, and Ohio State favored by 18.5. I think that that number may be a little big. I know Ohio State's Ohio State, but Rutgers have been playing some decent football sitting at 6-2 and two right now. So I think that they could give Ohio State a little bit of trouble, plus it's in Rutgers. So I'm, I'm a little intrigued by that one. Uh, another big matchup here uh, tomorrow, Kansas State, number 23, takes on number 7. Texas, Texas fair by 3.5 in that one. I may be watching that one tomorrow. Uh, Texas A&M takes on number 10, Ole Miss. Ole Miss fair by 3 in that game. Number 15, Notre Dame heads to Clemson to take on the Tigers. Notre Dame favored by three in that one. UConn takes on number 17, Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 36 in that game. Well, we'll we, maybe we'll have some entertainment on that one, but I don't know. UConn's only one in seven on the year. That, eh, I don't know about that one. Number 18, Utah will host two and six Arizona State. Uh, Utah's favored by 10.5 in that game, so looking forward to that one as well. It will be Air Force. They will host Army. Air Force favored by 17.5 in that one. Still undefeated on the year is Air Force sitting at number 25. And then here's a good one as well tomorrow afternoon. Number two, Georgia. They will host Missouri. Number 12, Missouri sitting at 7-1. and one. Georgia 8-0. Georgia still favored by two touchdowns, 15.5 specifically. But yeah, you know what? This uh, I, I'm intrigued by this matchup. That's all I'll say. I'm intrigued. Uh, f- number four, Florida State. They head on the road to take on Pittsburgh. Florida State favored by 21.5 in that game. And then we have uh, Bedlam as Oklahoma. Number nine takes on number 22, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma favored by six points in that one. It will be number 11, Penn State. They head on the road to take on five and three, Maryland. Penn State favored by eight points in that one. Virginia Tech will take on number 13, Louisville. Louisville favored by nine and a half in that game. Number 24, Tulane takes on one and seven, East Carolina. Tulane favored by 17 in that game. It'll be number six, Oregon. They will host California. Oregon favored by 24 and a half in that game. But California seems like it always seems to play everyone close. I mean, that's just in my mind because I seem to always, always pick them. In entertainment. Uh, number 21, Kansas. They will head to Iowa State. Iowa State actually favored by two and a half in that one. So be on upset alert there if you're Kansas. Uh, two and six, Purdue will take on number three, Michigan. That'll be on NBC at night. Michigan favored by 32 and a half in that game. That's going to be a fun one, I guess. <laughs> at 630, you got number five, Washington, number 20, USC. That should be a good one. That will be in the Coliseum there out in L.A. Washington favored by three points in that one. On CBS tomorrow night, it'll be number 14, LSU, takes on number eight, Alabama. Alabama favored by three in that one. Again, that's another good game. A lot of good games going on this weekend. Number 16, Oregon State heads to four and four, Colorado. Oregon State favored by 13 and a half. Ha ha, Dion. I so want Dion to be a losing record. That'd be great. And they're leaving the Pac 12, right? They're going to the Big 12 next year? Yeah. You're one and four in Pac 12 play, Dion. It's going to be worse than the Big 12, just saying. And then finally, as far as top 25 teams go, number 19, UCLA, heads to 5-3 and three, Arizona. UCLA favored by 2.5 in that one. Let's take a look at the Big Ten, other games. <coughs> it will be Wisconsin on the road. They take on 
Indiana. That's five and three Wisconsin versus two and six Indiana. Wisconsin favored by nine and a half in that one. Five and three Nebraska heads to two and six Michigan State. Nebraska favored by three in that game. It'll be six and two Iowa heading to four and four Northwestern. Iowa favored by five in that one. That game is going to be played at Wrigley Field and it will be on Peacock. So make sure you check that out. Over under for that game, 30. 30 and a half is the over under for that one. And then we got Illinois taking on Minnesota up at the Huntington Bank Stadium there in Minnesota. Illinois, what are you doing? Taking on five and three Minnesota. Minnesota only favored by a point and a half, but I I don't know how to feel about this Illinois team. Um, now, Minnesota has never beat Coach Bielema. I'm sure that's what Travis would say. Ah, oh, never beaten us. Never beaten us. Never beaten Coach Coach Bielema. But, you know, Illinois has lost nine of its last 11 games against power conference opponents. The Illini could still reach a bowl game, um, but it, it's not looking very likely. Um, meanwhile, the Gophers are in a four-way tie for first in the Big Ten West Division after consecutive victories over Iowa and Michigan State. They need one more win for bowl eligibility, but have their sights set higher than that as Minnesota has lost both games to Illinois since Coach Bielema was hired after losing all seven times to Wisconsin when he coached there from 06 to 2012. So Illinois, Coach B, seems to have Minnesota's number. Um, the big matchup of the game, it looks like, will be <coughs> the... Illini defensive line versus the Minnesota offensive line as Johnny Newton, projected top 10 draft pick next year, must sit out the first half for the targeting foul against Wisconsin. We already talked about that. Newton's tied for the FBS lead with 31 quarterback pressures. Uh, Keith Randolph Jr. leads all FBS defensive tacklers with an average of 5.5 tackles per game, while the Gophers are fourth in the Big Ten with an average of 174.5 rushing yards per game. And as far as players to watch, this is never a good sign. You ready for this? Illinois, players to watch. The kicker, Caleb Griffin. He's the first player in program history with two game-winning field goals in one season with a 43-yarder to beat Maryland as time expired and a 29-yarder with five seconds left to take the lead on Toledo. Griffin also into the first half with a 53-yarder in the loss to Purdue. He's been kicking good, but it's never good when your kicker is one of the top guys you need to watch. Um, Illinois has not won three straight games against Minnesota since 93-95. to Wow, that is, ugh. By the way, uh, Fagan, yes, from Arthur himself, leads all Big Ten freshmen with an average of 4.9 yards per rush for the Illini. He's yet to take a loss in 67 carries. That's right, yet to take a negative play. Illinois is last in the conference with an average of 396 yards allowed per game. The Illini ranked second in total defense in the Big Ten behind Iowa last year, so... Uh, again, I'm not looking too forward to this game, but maybe Illinois will surprise me. Maybe they'll get off life support. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But again, I'm not, I'm not super thrilled. I'm not super duper excited about that one. But we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. So figure out who we're gonna pick in that game coming up in the pod. So make sure you download that over at fhamradio.com. Also make sure you stay up to date with all the weekend sports. We'll keep our website as updated as we can over at fhamradio.com as well. Well, from one Illini group of people to another, as coming up next right here on 99 of the Game, it is the Illini Guys presents the Sports Spectacular, or the Sports Spectacular presented by the Illini Guys. However you want to word it, it's on the way next right here on 99 of the Game. Have a great and a safe weekend, everybody. Welcome in to the Starting Lineup Podcast Overtime here on this Friday. Got lots to get to. We got Pick'em, both the NASCAR variety as well as the football variety, as well as some entertainment. This day in sports history, we'll also look at the NHL as well for today and yesterday and everything like that. But first, let's finish off our sports center as uh, we'll start with the Bears. The Bears are locking down the middle of their defense. Team signed offensive tackle Andrew Billings to a two-year extension worth $8.5 million on yesterday. The Bulls, as we talked about, they tip off the in-season tournament today. The Blackhawks will try to get a win column when they host the Florida Panthers at the United Center tomorrow night. 
A pair of Chicago baseball players were named the Comeback Player of the Year Award winners by the Players' Choice Awards yesterday. White Sox reliever Liam Hendricks won the American League Award, while Cubs outfielder Cody Bellinger won the National League Award. Hendricks overcame a battle with cancer and returned to pitch in five games for the South Siders for tearing his UCL. While Bellinger signed with the Cubs in the offseason, bounced back from two dreadful seasons to put up an OPS of .881. City of Chicago is well represented as well in the pool of Silver Slugger Award finalists. White Sox superstar Louis Robert is one of seven finalists for the American League Outfield Award, while shortstop Dansby Swanson, outfielders Cody Bellinger, and Seiya Suzuki are all up for the National League Awards at their respective positions. Bellinger is also up for the National League Utility Player Award. Silver Slugger, of course, honors the best player each position in each league. Shaq Leonard is frustrated. The Colts linebacker recently told reporters that despite him getting better each week, he has been told he doesn't, quote, make enough splash plays, end quote. Leonard has been dealing with injuries, missing all but three games in 2022, and has had his snaps reduced. Indianapolis is last in the AFC South at 3-5 and will look to snap its three-game losing streak when it visits the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Ronald Acuna Jr. is being honored by his peers. The Atlanta Braves star right fielder was voted as the Player of the Year in the National League's Outstanding Player in the Major League Baseball Players Association Annual Players' Choice Awards. Acuna became the first player in MLB history to record 40 homers and 70 stolen bases in a single season. He finished the year batting 337 with 41 long balls, 73 stolen bases, and 106 RBIs. Los Angeles Angels designated hitter and pitcher Shohei Otani voted as the American League's Outstanding Player, 29-year-old and former ALM. MVP is set to hit free agency this offseason. We've talked about it all week long, and it has come to fruition. The 2023 World Series was the least watched in recorded TV history. The fall classic matchup between the Rangers and Diamondbacks averaged 9.11 million viewers. That number was less than the 9.79 million average from the 2020 2020 World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays. It was a 23% decline from last year's series that featured the Astros and the Phillies. The Rangers series ceiling a win in Game 5 averaged just 11.48 million viewers on Fox. One of Major League Baseball's best power hitters is stepping away from the sport for good. Nelson Cruz announced his retirement on the Adam Jones podcast on Thursday. 43-year-old said he'll compete this winter in the Dominican Professional Baseball League as a way to say thank you and goodbye to the fans. Cruz released by the San Diego Padres in July for signing a one-year, $1 million contract in the offseason. He hit 245 with five homers and 23 RBIs in 49 games. Four-time Silver Slugger Award winner and seven-time All-Star is a career 274 hitter, 464 home runs, and 1,325 RBIs. I think he'll be a Hall of Famer, too, by the way. I think Nelson Cruz will eventually get in the Hall of Fame. The Dodgers are locking down their third baseman with a two-year contract. Los Angeles announced that it has reached a two-year deal worth $24 million with Max Muncy. contract also includes a $10 million club option for 2026. Muncy returns to the Dodgers after matching a career high with 36 homers, setting career best with 105 RBIs last season. 33-year-old was one of four L.A. players to reach 100 RBIs this season. Muncy's a two-time All-Star and a former World Series winner. And the Big Ten has unveiled its football schedules for the new 18-team conference. Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Washington all joined the Big Ten after leaving the crumbling Pac-12 conference. With the addition of several West Coast teams, the new schedule addresses geographical and travel balance, along with the competitive balance to make scheduling easier. easier. The 24 and 25 seasons both contain two open weeks per team. USC is set to visit Michigan in its first Big Ten conference game, the first meeting between the two programs since the 07 Rose Bowl. Let me double check and make sure that there's nothing new that's popped up that I need to let you know about. It doesn't look like it. Let me check one more time here. And no, it doesn't look like anything else we really need to talk about. So there we go. As far as the Sports Center part of the podcast, it is done and dusted. All right, so let us now go and check on the NHL from last night, as Travis would be upset with me if I didn't look at the NHL schedule. Kings beat the Senators 3-2, Panthers over the Red Wings 2-0, Rangers over the Hurricanes 2-1, Islanders over the Capitals 3-0, Jackets over the Lightning 4-2, Bruins over the Maple Leafs 3-2 in a shootout, so the Bruins stay perfect 9-0 on the season, Devils beat the Wild 5-3, Stars over the Oilers 4-3, Coyotes over the Canadians 3-2, the Knights, they haven't lost yet, they beat the Jets 5-2, Kraken, hey, my Kraken got a win over the Predators, 4-2. And the Canucks put up a 10 spot on the Sharks, 
to one. Sharks have yet to win this season. They're 0 9 and 1. Ugh, that's an ugly record. Let's look at action going on for tonight. Only two games tonight Flyers at the Sabres and the Devils at the Blues as the Blues try to get a win. We'll see if they can do that. All right, next up, let's see. Let's do a little, uh, you know what? Let's do, got to get my, all, all the, the songs and musics here ready. Let's do, I'm not seeing it. Where is it? I've lost it. Oh, no. Oh, there it is. There it is. I found it. Let's go ahead and let's do pick them. High school pick them. Here we go. Travis sent, sent in his picks, so we will go through them. We'll start on Saturday with University of Illinois football. As Illinois at Minnesota. Minnesota minus one and a half. Travis says Minnesota. He's going with the reverse psychology. So he's going with Minnesota. He also says Fagan over one and a half touchdowns as well. But, of course, if you're going to get that, you got to get outside of Illinois in order to make that happen. Uh, I will go. I'm going to go Illinois because Bielema has yet to lose to Minnesota. So I'll go. I'll go Illinois. Uh, on Sunday, Bears at the Saints. Saints minus eight. Travis says to pick the Bears. That's what he's going with anyways. He says eight or eight and a half, whichever. I'll still take the Bears, and they might win the game outright, he says. Well, Travis, I'm going to disagree with you. Give me the Saints in this one. This, I mean, the Saints aren't great, but the Bears are just, ugh, they're awful. Indy at the Panthers. Travis says that Carolina plus two or whatever the number is. I'll take it. The Panthers go over Indy. And that's what Travis says. I, again, the smart money would be to just go ahead and, you know, pick, you know, with Travis. But, uh, again, I got Indy minus two and a half as the official line. So give me Indy. I think Indy will win this game. Carolina is awful. I mean, right? Am I missing something? Carolina is awful. So maybe I'm missing something. All right, high school, we'll compare our picks to the computer. We'll start at the eight-man level, because the computer is not picking eight-man. Uh, Martinsville at Pawnee. Travis said Martinsville, 41-14. to 14. I also am going to go Martinsville. I'm going to go 42-21. to 21. All right, starting at the 4A level, Mount Zion at Breeze Central. Travis goes Breeze Central, 34-21. to 21. I'm going to go Breeze Central, 35-21. to 21. The computer... Says Mount Zion, 24 to 19. It gives Mount Zion a 61% chance of picking up the W there. Charleston at Murfreesboro. Travis went Murfreesboro, 42 to 21. I'm also going to go Murfreesboro, but I think 42 is a big number, so I'm going to go one nothing. Try to play the game. The computer says Murfreesboro, 20, uh, 31 to 24. It gives Murfreesboro a 65% chance of getting the win. Sullivan at Mount Carmel. Travis says Mount Carmel on a close one, 31 to 30. I don't think it'll be quite that close. I got Mount Carmel 32 to 20. The computer has Mount Carmel 40 to 14. It only gives Sullivan a, 50, a 95 or a 5% chance to win. It gives Mount Carmel a 95% chance to win. Stanford Olympia at Greenville. Travis gonna go Greenville 28 to 20. I'm going to go Greenville as well, but I'm going to go one nothing. Try and play in the game, make up some, some points here. The computer says Olympia, 22-21, to 21, gives them a 53% chance of winning. So that's going to be a close one to keep our eye on uh, there. Shelbyville at Vandalia. Shelbyville, 42-20 to 20 is what Travis says. I'm going to go Shelbyville, one nothing. 42 feels like a big number. Computer says Shelbyville, 35-24. to 24. Gives Shelbyville a 75% chance of picking up the win. And finally, our one game from Class 1A, Casey versus Greenfield. Travis says Casey, 21-18. I'm going to go Greenfield, Northwestern, 28-21. The computer says Greenfield over Casey, 31-21. And it gives Greenfield a 74% chance of winning. And that is our football pick em for this week. As now we will go ahead and move right along. And we will move on 
to some entertainment. Travis has got some entertainment. I got some entertainment as well. We'll start with what Travis has. He has Iowa Northwestern under 30 and a half or whatever it is because we know both those offenses are not good. So under 30 and a half, Travis says, in Iowa Northwestern. He says LSU plus three against Alabama. USC plus three against Washington. Uh, Dolphins Chiefs over 50 and a half. I tend to agree with that one. Dallas plus three against Philadelphia and St. Louis City SC to get the win on Sunday. I have the Arizona Cardinals plus eight against the Browns. I got Rutgers plus 18 and a half against Ohio State. I think they'll keep it closer than a lot of people think. James Madison minus five and a half against Georgia State. That game last week has me a little concerned about James Madison, but I'm still on the James Madison train. Missouri plus 15 against Georgia. Give me Colorado plus 13 and a half. I don't even know who they're playing. I hope they lose. Uh, Oregon State. I hope they lose, but I hope it's you know they keep it at least within 14 points. And then for the truck championship, I'm going to go Corey Heim plus 200 to win the truck title tonight in Phoenix. Tomorrow I got Justin Allgaier to win the Xfinity title plus 320 for that one. So. All right, before we get into our NASCAR talks, there may be a little bit of it here. Let's go ahead and get to this day in sports history, and we'll get it for the whole weekend here. Let's see. What is today? The third? Yep. Okay. Uh, On this day in 1961, in an AFL game between the Boston Patriots and the Dallas Texans in Boston, a fan sneaks onto the field and bats away a would-be Dallas touchdown as time runs out. The refs, who did not see the fan, did not call a penalty. The Patriots won 28-21. As Travis would say, all the way back in 1961, the Patriots were cheating. So, there's that. Uh, 1989, Minnesota Timberwolves played their first NBA game, losing 106-94 to the Seattle Supersonics. On the state in 95, the NBA's two Canadian expansion teams, the Raptors and the Grizzlies, both make successful NBA debuts with victories in their first regular season games. And also, Kevin Garnett made his debut back in 1995 in a loss to the Kings. 1996 on this day, Kobe Bryant made his NBA debut. On this date in 2001, Arkansas outlasts Ole Miss 58-56 in a then-FBS record seven overtime games. The game ends as Rebels quarterback Eli Manning fails to convert a two-point conversion attempt. On this date in 2007, after 43 straight losses, the Notre Dame Navy outlasts the Fighting Irish 46-44 in triple overtime after the mids took a 46-38 lead in the third OT. Notre Dame pulled within two after a Travis Thomas touchdown run, but the two-point conversion fell short. It was Navy's first win in the series since 1963. On this date in 2008, Allen Iverson was traded from the Denver Nuggets to the Detroit Pistons for a package including Chauncey Billups. And finally, on this date in 2013, Nick Foles ties the NFL record for most touchdown passes in the game with seven against the Raiders. Let's go tomorrow, November 4th, 2000. Number 23, Northwestern upset number 12, Michigan, 54-51 in a shootout in Evanston. Northwestern at tailback Damian Anderson dropped a fourth down pass in the end zone late in the game that would have sealed the Wildcats' win on the ensuing Michigan possession. Michigan tailback Anthony Thomas fumbled, was recovered by Northwestern. The turnover set up an 11-yard touchdown pass from Zach Cutstock to Sam Simmons with 20 seconds to play to clinch the victory. <coughs> On this uh, November 4th, 2001, the Diamondbacks won the World Series just their fourth season as a franchise, scoring twice in the bottom of the ninth to beat the Yankees 3-2 in Game 7. Mariano Rivera blows the save in the bottom of the ninth as Luis Gonzalez's single over a drawn-in infield is the winning hit. That's a classic moment right there. November 4th, 2003, Marc Messier becomes the number two scorer in NHL history by getting two goals in New York Rangers' 3-0 victory over the Dallas Stars. Messier, with 1,851 career points, passes Gordie Howe for second place behind Wayne Gretzky. November 4, 2007, the Vikings' Adrian Peterson ran for an NFL record 296 yards in a single game against the San Diego Chargers. In the same game, Antonio Cromartie had a 109-yard return of a missed field goal for touchdown time for the longest touchdown in NFL history. November 4, 2009, Hideki Matsui drives in six runs as the Yankees defeat the Phillies in Game 6 to win the World Series. And finally, November 4, 2017, Baker Mayfield throws for 598 yards and five touchdowns as Oklahoma beats rival Oklahoma State 62-52. to And then finally, November 5th, 1994, George Foreman KO's unbeaten Michael Moore to regain World Heavyweight title and becomes the oldest heavyweight champion at the age of 45. 
November 5th, 2008, Tony Parker, the San Antonio Spurs, scores a career-high 55 points in a 129-125 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And finally, on this date, in 2011, that is November 5th, 2011, number one, LSU, edges number two, Alabama, 9-6 in OT. In the game of the century, all the game scoring came on field goals. Two months later, Alabama exacted revenge by thumping the Tigers 21 to nothing for the national title. That is this day in sports history. All right, let's get into our NASCAR Pick'em. It is the final NASCAR Pick'em of the year, and as we've talked about, me and Travis, Travis has the lead. He's up by five in this NASCAR Pick'em. So I have to win. I have to win. Now, here's here's the exciting thing about this format with the playoffs, and that is that Every year that they have had this championship race decide the playoffs and they have the four drivers left, one of the four has always won this race. I don't see that trend ending this year. And so with that being said, Travis also agrees with me. He's going Christopher Bell. Um, Christopher Bell, the third best odds right now to win that title. I'm going with the second-best odds, Ryan Blaney. I think Blaney's hot. Blaney is really good in Phoenix, has been really good in the next-gen car at Phoenix, and he would have won last year's race, but instead he let his teammate Joey Logano win so that Logano could clinch the championship. But this year it's all going to be about Ryan Blaney, and I think after the win uh, last week to get him in, I think that Ryan Blaney is going to win this race, and with that we will be tied. That's my prediction. We're going to finish tied in this thing, and I'm going to get the win based off of average finish. That's my goal. That's what I'm thinking. But uh, the NASCAR season wraps up on Sunday out in the desert. It'll be the final ride for Kevin Harvick, final one for Eric Almarola as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch that, and I'm sure Harvick and his guys will be emotional. And, you know, Harvick's really good at Phoenix, so he, he may have played spoiler here, but I think one of the championship four drivers is going to win, either Blaney, Bell, Larson, who's the betting favorite, or William Byron. One of those four is going to end up winning this race. Travis going to go with Bell. I'm going to go with Blaney. We'll see who ends up getting the win. And that'll do things for the starting lineup for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and all that fun stuff. We'll talk to you again on Monday when we'll recap everything from the weekend. I believe it's time to hit that outro. Play us out, Johnny. Play us out. Johnny? Johnny, you there? Johnny. Johnny. Oh, there we go. He's there. I think he was sleeping. Wake up. All right. We're going to get on out of here. Have a great and a safe rest of your weekend.